Welcome to the Hope and to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, you and I have been talking a lot uh, about we don't have enough widowers on and men on, and we need to have men talk about grief and loss and how they've dealt with it, because we find out in the organizations that we belong to that there just seem to be a lot of women. Isn't that right? Absolutely. There, there really is. And Herb, I'm sure, can speak to this. He probably knows this. There are a lot of women out there talking about what it's like to be widowed, et cetera, but we don't hear enough from men and from the male experience. And so Herb is here today to tell us about what it's like and what issues men are struggling with out there. Mm -hmm. You want to introduce, uh, give him a little more introduction to Herb, Heidi? I would love to. So Herb has been, Herb Knoll is our guest today. He has been a guest on our Open to Hope cable television show. Uh, he lost his wife to cancer and he is the author of The Widow's Journey. And he leads the Widowers, Widowers Support Network. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. I'm going to uh, read some of your accomplishments because I want to get into something here. Uh, you were, let's see, you were Buffalo and Niagara Sales and Marketing Hall Executive Hall of Fame. You were awarded the Dimitri uh, National Executive Image Award, which was the, one of the first one, the first person to get it. And you are also author of The Total Executive, and you've done TV, you've done all sorts of amazing things. I said to Heidi, I mean, given all this success, and there are many men and, and widowers out there watching this, you say, how was it for you being such a high profile, such a competent guy to suddenly have your wife die of cancer, your partner? No one's ever asked me that question before but I will tell you, um, it caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a pretty self-assured guy, and I discovered that becoming a widower was something I was not ready for. And it wasn't until one day when one of my employees, when I worked in San Antonio, walked into my office, a very young girl with an awful lot of confidence and courage, and she looked at me and she said, the entire floor misses your laughter. Wow. And that was a real wake-up call for me. And then I knew I needed to seek some help. Uh -huh. And how long was that after your wife died? That, uh, that was about three months after, three to four mm -hmm. months after. Uh, I had been going into work each morning about four o'clock and listening to uh, ballads on my radio in my office. And I would stay till about seven o'clock at night. And then I would go home, have a very brief dinner, and off to bed I went. And that was my life for several months. Yeah. You know, uh, guys uh, kind of expect that they probably die before their wives do, statistically. And when that happens to somebody who's an in-charge kind of guy, I mean, how did the other guys treat you? And was there any, uh, you know, did you, were you able to give yourself some time off? You know, how did that go? Actually, I went back to work uh, 10 days after my wife passed. And my first day, my first day uh, coming home into an empty house, I collapsed in my driveway. Wow. And my son pulled in about a half hour later or shortly thereafter and found me there and took me to the hospital. And as it turned out, I was stricken with kidney stones. Oh, no. And whether or not there is a, I know, I know that there's a correlation between yeah. long-term stress. Mm -hmm. And I was a caregiver for 39 months and one's anatomy and the health of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so whether or not that had something to do with my kidney stones, I'll never know, but it sure was coincidental. Yeah, right. And it was not fun. <laughs> right, oh no, kidney stones are 
horrible, very, very painful. So, uh, so you, you uh, went on from there and you researched your book for how long? Nine years. Uh, actually, when I went looking for help, uh, one of the places I looked uh, for help was the local Barnes and Noble store. And I, as I asked the young man behind the counter, what do you have for a new widower? He looked at me and after he typed it in his search engine, he said, Mr. I don't have a damn thing for you. Wow. So um, I had, as you had mentioned, I had done some writing in the past. So I, your, I had, your book I, was very successful, in fact, and more than just done some writing, right? I, I, had, I had more than my fair share of successes, yes. Yeah, it's a total and, executive. And before I left uh, the bookstore that night, I said, well, somebody better write this book for men and it might as well be me. Mm -hmm. So within a few months, I resigned my position in banking after 38 years and dedicated my life to serving gentlemen and the families that love them. Wow, I love it. Wow. And what have you found out is the major issue or major issues with widowers, <clears throat> with the men? There's so, there's so many. Um, the, among the, the big issues that face men is their suicide rate is three or four times greater than that of married men. And, and you know, that's really interesting because people always think, oh, teen, you know, they're always talking about teen suicide and all that. But it's really men over 60 living alone. Yeah. Right. They're at highest risk. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the suicide rate is high. Their um, substance abuse is very high, both legal and illegal. Uh, they have diabetes at an increased rate. They have hypertension at an increased rate. Uh, because a lot of men, you know, they'll, they'll defer their health and their needs for their health care to their wife who's dying, mm -hmm. you know, and they dismiss everything and they can't afford to do that. And I really became aware of that when I was a caregiver and several people said to me, watch your health. Mm -hmm. I was so taken back by that. I kept on thinking to myself, I'm not sick. My wife is sick. You know, but right. many people said that to me and I should have listened uh, because I didn't listen well enough. Yeah. But they also have problems with uh, their faith. They have problems with their careers, with relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, they have problems with their children. If they have children, they have financial problems. They have legal problems. And unfortunately, men tend to be, um, they like making decisions. They're impulsive. And they think if they pull a trigger or two, that something better will happen. So they make a lot of ill-advised decisions um, and they make them in, in almost every facet of their life. Some of them get married right away, right? I, ha I have one gentleman who, who I was working with, he actually asked a lady out at his wife's funeral. Wow. Uh, the daughter really took exception to that and I had to intervene between the two of them so that they were able to kiss and make up. Maybe he was terrified of being alone, right? I think that's part of it, but I think another part of it has to do with uh, you know, what did the wife suffer from? Was it Alzheimer's? You know, did, she, did he really lose her five years ago mm. uh, mentally and emotionally? You know, she wasn't, he wasn't able to commute or communicate with her. Uh, a lot of it has to do with how long he's a caregiver and what is the illness that he's dealing with. A man who loses his wife suddenly uh, is probably pretty slow to ask somebody else out anytime soon. But a man who's been a caregiver for a long time, it's going to be sooner rather than later. You know what? This is a really good point, Herb, because I think there's a lot of judgment out there. And like you said, oftentimes you've, you've kind of psychologically, you've lost them in many ways before they die. 
there's a lot of judgment about why are, why are men dating so quickly and why are they involved with other people so quickly? And like you said, sometimes it's years where their, their spouses have been sick. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we actually find ourselves working also with men who had long-term relationships that were never married and an unwanted breakup. I mean, that gentleman is as much, as much a widower as somebody oh. who lost his wife to death. Um, and you, the people who have um, spouses or loved ones who have Alzheimer's, you know, they have like a double whammy because they not, they not only lose the affection and the romance and the relationship, but they get to see the person each day. So it's hurtful for them, you know, because they're constantly being reminded of what was. Mm -hmm. So that's a loss too. Well, now tell us when you say working with people, tell us some of the things you're doing. And um, I would think uh, isolating is one of the things you would say is a no-no. In fact, one of the tips that I give folks all the time is get off the couch, you know, and I will tell you, I have been um, nurtured and I have been supported by the very fact that I'm doing the volunteer work that I'm doing. And tell I mean, us about that volunteer work. Well, my volunteer work is, I mean, is helping these men and their families because I, I receive phone calls in the middle of the night. A couple of days ago, I got a phone call from a gentleman whose wife passed away, I think it was two months ago, and he has five children to raise. Wow. And he, and he lost his wife suddenly. Wow. So kind of phone calls that I get. And I also get phone calls from the children of widowed men uh, who are wondering what's wrong with dad. I also receive phone calls from women who are dating widowers and they're trying to better understand what the, what that gentleman is going through. Mm -hmm. so, so, so what was your advice to the man who called you and said his wife had just died? What's your thought right away? I, well, f first of all, I mean, I, I need to establish a rapport with them so that he understands that I have been where he is. Mm -hmm. You know, I have experienced that loss and I have, to establish my credibility because I'm not a licensed psychologist or anything even close to that. When you say I've done this myself, you're yes. saying you're giving him hope immediately and forget all the other advice. You're a voice on the phone that's made it. Exactly. Uh, and I'm able to prove that not only with my own life, but also the lives of many of the other folks that have joined the widower support network. And Together, we support the men who introduce themselves to us or find us and try to help them navigate those difficult waters. And they are very difficult. Uh, some of that was even demonstrated in the play that was written and, and produced last year that was based on my ministry uh, and the work that I do. And it's called I'm Fine. Mm. Uh, and, it, and I'm very proud to say that it won Best New Play of the Year in upstate New York. Wow. But the, but the name of the play, I'm Fine, is interesting because it came from one of the widowers in my book. And there's over 40 men in the book who were patient enough with me over nine years to share their very intimate stories with me, very personal. I asked this gentleman one day, what's the best thing that happened to you during your journey of grief? And he said, when I told my family and friends, I'm fine, leave me alone with my thoughts. They ignored my instructions and forced their way into my life, and I'm so grateful they did. Wow. Uh, and that's a lot of people hold back with men because they don't know what to say to a man. And a man is not the most approachable person to begin with because he's been taught since he was a little boy that boys don't cry. 
-hmm. And even when they go off to war and they experience the horrors of war, they come back home and they don't even talk about it. Right. Because they don't think that they have permission to grieve or to show their vulnerability. So they hold everything in. And that's when all hell breaks loose with their with their lives and their, their anatomy and everything else. Right. Well, well, I even think of uh, what, what you see in the fire department in New York. It says what happens here stays here. Men are socialized not to talk about what's going on. Right, exactly. And, the, and these men are also, um, one of the, they suffer from post-traumatic stress. Uh, one of the men in the book is actually was in the Air Force. And he took care of people in the Air Force who came back from combat zones. And uh, among the things he took care of was people who suffer from post-traumatic stress. So I asked him one day, by the way, he lost his wife in Afghanistan. She wow. was in the Air Force. Wow. Uh, so I asked him one day, is, do you see a similarity between post-traumatic stress for a combat veteran and post-traumatic stress for a widower? And he said, absolutely, it's the same symptoms. It's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's, we look for the same things, and they're all present. Mm -hmm. Well, Herb, we're getting ready to close the show, and I want to tell people that they make sure that, that you get your book, and you've got a website, the Widowers Support Network. Right. You can go to that website right. and give us one piece of advice for those folks out there who've had a loss. The one piece of advice? I'm going to give you... Here's one you don't hear too often. Forgive yourself for the, any uh, regrets, lingering regrets that you may possess. Mm. I should have told her I loved her more. I should have been there for her for the family picnic that I didn't go to. I should have brought her flowers, not just on Valentine's Day, but other times. I should have loved mm. her more. Mm. And men have those regrets, and they will hinder your recovery. And I like to close off everything by saying that uh, I hope all men who are widowed are able to celebrate the lives of their deceased brides by living theirs. Wow, that's wonderful, Herb. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And I hope everybody will go to the Widow Widowers Support Network, right? Right. Very good. Thank you very much. Right, good. And, uh, you know, people who are widowers, but also people who know widowers, get some exactly. information, get Herb's book, learn about what it is for that family member that you're missing. And I actually receive as many favorable comments about the book from ladies as I do men, because there's so much material in there, either for their own use or for the use of the men in their lives who are, who are widowed. And we can get your book, The Widower's Journey, on Barnes & Noble uh, and on the Amazon and at your uh, site. Amazon.com. And if you want an autograph one, you can do that through the website. And also, I have a Facebook page that I think is pretty special, if I can just mention this. Sure. I, I have two Facebook pages, but I just opened up a second one. And the second one is called Widower's Support Network Members Only. Mm. What I'm doing here is I'm giving a forum for men only because men have a tendency to sort of open up a little bit more if they know it's only men that they're speaking to. Right. So we have men who are caregivers for terminally ill women, widowed men, and subject matter experts who are males who can help these men as well. And it's everything we do here at the Widowers Support Network is free. All right. Well, Herb, thank you so much for being on the show. We love you. We love what you're doing yes. and your mission and you're a fabulous guy. Thank you. You folks are great. I'm really proud to be associated with you. You are, Herb, and you really do live your best life. And I love that everything you're doing is free. 
You are changing so many lives. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye now. Thanks, everybody, for watching this show today. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Herb, I'll want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.